Welcome to the latest edition of JogCast. Thanks for joining us. My name is Chris Canova, and I am the executive director of Jobs for Ohio's Graduates. So happy to have you uh, listening in today, and I have a special guest, Mr. Brian Williams, that uh, we're going to talk to here. I want to thank Quentin for for setting everything up. Thanks, Quentin. Um, Let's just start a little bit with who we are and, and, and what we do. We help young people in Summit, Medina, Stark, Trumbull, and recently, uh, Ashland County, to uh, help to graduate and develop a positive career pathway so that they can be um, productive employees for for our community and um, for our businesses. So with that, um, our guest is Mr. Brian Williams, who is currently the assistant superintendent at Copley Fairlawn Schools, um, but has a long history in education. And I've known Brian for at least 25 years. At least. It might be 30. <laughs> early 90s? What's that? Yeah, early 90s. So uh, Brian was actually a, an employee of Jobs for Ohio's Graduates, or JOG, um, already when I, when I arrived here. And um, I think, Brian, you were here maybe a year. Maybe a maybe year. Maybe just only a year, I think, probably. I right. think 92 might have been my first year with JOG. 91? Okay. And yeah. then I think he was on board in 93. Okay. So um, that's how we met each other. Uh, we've watched our kids grow up and um, done a lot of uh, cool things professionally as well. So um, I'm going to let Brian talk a little bit about you know his background, how he got to the position that he's currently in, um, and uh, we'll start with that. Well, that sounds good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful to be here. I appreciate it. So so nice to be able to talk about Jog. Um, yeah, we've been friends for a long time. You were at Garfield. I was at Central Howard, um, and uh, by the way, both of those schools are now yes. closed, folks. <laughs> oh, it's been a long time. So, yeah, I've been very fortunate to have a wonderful career in education. It's been the the greatest career choice I can imagine. I, I've had the opportunity to talk to a lot of people uh, about the fact that I wouldn't have chosen anything else. Um, having the opportunity to work with uh, the kids and colleagues and lifelong friends that I've had has just been incredible. Um, so. Yeah, I started out uh, with JOG. I, I worked with JOG for several years. Um, got my first teaching position in Akron Public Schools then for about five or six years. So, I mean, I think that's an important thing for, for our young people to, to understand. So you went to college. Mm-hmm. You wanted to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing you applied for teaching positions, mm-hmm. and things maybe didn't go your way to begin with. Well, you're exactly right. I think at the time there was... Uh, 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 an influx of teachers. There are a lot of teachers in the market. Um, and I think that was kind of JOG benefited from lots and lots of candidates or people that worked for JOG while they were looking for teaching jobs, perhaps. Um, and I was one of them. So I uh, worked for JOG for several years and then was able to get a teaching job. But um, yeah, that experience at JOG really set my path. Uh, I could probably tell you so many stories about the kids I worked with at Central Howard for several years. Honestly, in my 32 years, I don't know that I had a position where I felt like kids perhaps needed me more than they did during those first couple years. We had kids that, um, you know, were, were hungry, that um, you know, probably did not have the, the best home life, mm-hmm. and had the opportunity to build relationships with them that, you know, a lot of people couldn't build those relationships you know, with some kids. So, um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty amazing. You know, I, I think you've, you know, you've brought up a good point. It's not, 
some of the young people we work with don't have the the modeling that maybe we'd all hope they would have, but um, oftentimes people like our career specialists, our professionals, um, um, play the role of um, not just support uh, in the academic arena, but um, identifying those barriers that might prevent them from being successful either in, in academics or employment mm-hmm. and, you know, helping our young people address that. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's really important. But um, I think one of the things that, that really resonates is it's not who you know, but who you know that can help you. I don't know where I heard that. That wasn't my saying. <laughs> but um, I think that's the epitome really of, of what a career specialist does for jog would you would you agree with that i would agree 100 percent. and again i I think it's so much of it comes down to that relationship aspect you know having that opportunity to build relationships with kids and give them somebody that they can trust uh i I, in my opinion that relationship between the career specialist and the students is even a little different than maybe their regular teachers that they have um you know you're kind of really trying to help them although a math teacher is trying to help them and an english teacher is trying to help them you know when you're that person who's trying to help them find a job and take care of themselves. And again, I I know it's similar now that sometimes you're getting them clothes, sometimes you're getting them food, sometimes you're, uh, you know, giving, uh, I remember a situation where one of my students, he needed a pair of shoes to go onto a stage for a performance for something. And the teacher told him, your shoes, you have tennis shoes on, you're not allowed to go on the stage. I sat in the crowd with in my bare feet because he took my shoes. <laughs> so you just do whatever you, you have to to help them, and it's a, it's a unique relationship. It, it really is, and you know, your path has been, um, well, varied, right? Mm-hmm. So you started within well, JOG and the Akron schools, and yep. you went from Akron, from JOG to where? Well, so I went to Mentor, okay, believe it or right. not. Yep. Right, I, yeah. So I had that about an hour and 15-minute drive every day to Mentor schools and worked uh, two years at the junior high in Mentor and then one year at Mentor High School. Incredible experience. Loved it there. Uh, great people in Mentor. Um, and uh, that was my first experience administratively. Uh, so worked there as an assistant principal and then had the opportunity to come closer to home in Wadsworth. So I worked in Wadsworth about 10 years as, um, well, various positions, a little bit of everything, uh, administratively, uh, ultimately assistant superintendent. Then went to Buckeye Schools as superintendent, and then now to my current position in Copley Fairlawn. So you've been in an urban environment in the Akron schools. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been in a, I guess, urban suburban environment with mentor. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly how. It's probably a suburban yeah. environment, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, same with Wadsworth, and then rural. Yeah. Um, yeah. With with Buckeye local schools. Talk to me about the maybe the needs of the kids and mm-hmm. are they different? Are they the same? Uh, yeah. So gosh, you know, I hate to tell you they're probably both. I mean, we have, no matter where I've been, there have been kids that needed adults to take a, uh, an interest in them. Um, maybe the difference is the numbers, you know, sometimes in some of the places I've been, there hasn't been that large volume of kids that maybe needed the support. They had the support at home, uh, but the kids that needed it, really needed it. Um, so you find those kids that need it. Matter of fact, they, they find you when they know they can trust you. They know that they're, you're somebody that wants to help them, and uh, they seek you out. I mean, I've got kids that I was a principal for 20 years ago that I still hear from occasionally, or we talk. Uh, you advocate for them. Oftentimes, nobody's advocating for them, and they know, you know, they know you care about them. They know that you want them 
to succeed, even though that means sometimes telling them what they don't want to hear. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but they ultimately, they appreciate it. Yeah, I think transparency is critical. And, and, and most teachers are really good at that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, they don't get enough credit for, for well, they have to be transparent mm-hmm. if they're going to be effective. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, whether you're communicating with young people or taking, you know, getting grades or giving grades, I should say, mm-hmm. um, let's talk a little bit about, as an administrator, what, what do you think the value is uh, of JOG to a school system? Well, I guess, yeah, talking as somebody who was a job specialist in JOG um, and now somebody administratively and somebody that's been on the board for a long time, um, again, I think, I think having somebody that addresses the population that is difficult to uh, address sometimes, um, that, that uh, the opportunities that are there are invaluable. Um, having that extra person, uh, I talk specifically Copley Fairline, we have a credit recovery program that, that really addresses some of the needs of some of our kids that need some extra help. Um, we're, we're adding a part-time job specialist this year in Copley Fairline, so excited about that. But having that opportunity for another person that will address some of the other needs, we're trying to address their academic needs, their credit, some kids are credit deficient, we're trying to help them build credits. Uh, but. Um, this person that we're going to have is going to have an opportunity to help them not only academically, but what are the other needs they have? You know, uh, job skills, finding a job, resume, interview, um, any other basic life skills they need. I know that that uh, this person is going to help them with that. So um, we're thrilled with that. So as an administrator, it's invaluable to have Jog as part of our school district. Well, we're really happy to to be there. We were there many moons ago. Um, but are really fortunate to, to, to be able to come back this next fall. So from a school's perspective, you know, I think that the, the landscape is often shifting within your world, but it seems like uh, there's been more focus on work, on um, em- having employers become involved, making young people yeah. better prepared to enter the workforce directly. Mm-hmm. You know, tell me a little bit about, about that um, at Copley Fairland. Yeah, there's no doubt that that's, we're seeing that happen. Um, Copley Fairland is part of the Four Cities Compact, so we're, we're a very, we're very robust career technical programs. Um, Copley Fairland has added a pharmaceutical program, an animal science program, but I definitely think there's been a shift that uh, for a long, long time, college was the only path. And uh, I think we've definitely seen a shift over the last five years. I think the pandemic has had a, uh, an effect on uh, kids' paths that um, it's not necessarily college only. You can make a very comfortable living through a lot of the trades, uh, a lot of different uh, paths that you can go after high school uh, that don't necessarily involve college. So uh, we're seeing that uh, with a lot of our kids, and families are starting to accept that. I think that's maybe a big shift, too, that I think a lot of our families, particularly in Copley Fairlawn, that thought, well, my kid's going to college and that's it. And I think we're starting to see now that there are other paths that are being more embraced by our families uh, that don't, don't necessarily involve college. They may involve some post-secondary education, but it's not necessarily college. So, yeah, I, I agree we're seeing that shift. Yeah, we're getting more into, as you know, we've been mostly into working with employability skills, soft skills, things of that nature, more holistic types of things with, with kids and families. But... More so lately, people have been coming to us, school systems, the Akron Public Schools as an example, 
and they, they want us to be a part of the solution relative to work-based learning, providing those work opportunities during their high school um, you know, careers um, that would allow them to, to earn up to 250 you know, work hours, I guess, uh, which is one of the now many mm-hmm. uh, pathways to a diploma. Pathways <laughs> to diploma. So, you know, we're happy to play a part in that. And um, I, I think that uh, and this is leading to my next question. This is yet another change mm-hmm. um, of expectations that are that are placed on school systems, right? Um, you've been in an administrator for 26 years out of your 30 years uh-huh. of uh-huh. Uh, in academia. Yep. You know, tell me some of, some of the, I guess, challenges um, that you have mm-hmm. seen mm-hmm. Um, over those over that time period, and mm-hmm. and um, are they different from today? I mean, I, I don't. I, I, my guess is probably yeah. yes and no again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the same challenges exist. I mean, you have very highly motivated students that do very, very well and uh, at the end of the day probably don't need us as much as others. Um, I would say that recently one of the things we're seeing is that academic apathy to some degree, just not caring so much about their success, um, whether they're an A student, a B student, a C student. For a lot of kids, a D is okay. Um, So yeah, I think think that's that's one of the things that we're seeing, I think, more prevalent uh, lately, that there's just not as much interest in being successful in an academic world for part of our kids. Um, so, but yeah, I think some of the same problems have been there forever, uh, or challenges, I like that word better. Um, you know, we have a certain segment of our kids that create issues in our buildings. Uh, we probably have uh, refer to them as frequent flyers sometimes. <laughs> uh, and those are the kids that need, you know, they need us more so than other kids. They need us to take an interest in them, build relationships with them, um, and try to help them figure out their path because they don't know. Um, so, yeah, I, th- things have stayed pretty pretty consistent, I think, over my 30 years. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I thinking back, what, it's been five years now, I think, since you've been superintendent of uh, yeah. Buckeye Schools. Yeah. and. If you don't know, folks, Brian, one of Brian's many claims to fame is he <laughs> passed the first levy, what, in like oh. 17 <laughs> years 18? or 17 attempts yeah. or... Something like that. Yeah, so um, yeah. I just, I, I thought of that because uh-huh. Buckeye's now yeah. going to approach the voters for another levy. And we know we're not going to talk about that topic, yeah. so you're safe. That's uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah. talk to me a little bit, because I don't think people know. Yeah. Difference between superintendent's role and what you're doing now as the assistant superintendent. I know sometimes mm-hmm. the assistant superintendent has different roles, but biggest difference to, to you? Oh, that's an interesting question. I mean, one of the things I loved about being superintendent was that uh, connection to the community. Um, I, had a, I had many more opportunities to be involved in the Medina Hospital Board and, um, you know, just so many boards. I'm so grateful to still be on this board. Right. <laughs> uh, people don't seem to want to have as much... Uh, contact with the assistant superintendent as they do the superintendent and for uh, right reasons. Um, but that, that opportunity to be involved in the community, more involved with parents probably. Um, I, I remember when you, the levy you were mentioned, I mean, had the opportunity to go to people's homes and talk to groups of families about our levy and build those relationships. Um, it was, it was a, a very enjoyable experience as superintendent, so I enjoyed that. Um, more I'm probably into the everyday uh, 
operations of the system, curriculum, those kind of things. I, I have more uh, involvement probably with uh, the issues that occur in a building. Um, probably that direct link between our principals and our central office. Um, so if they're having an issue with the building, I'm, I'm the, often the one that will either go to the building or work directly with the principals to address issues they might be having in the building. So um, probably a little bit more focused on buildings and less on that global community aspect as superintendent. So, um, I mean, professionally, I mean, you're still a young guy. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm, so, I'm guessing that you might have interest in you know, diving back into the role of superintendent at some point in time. Is that something that would interest you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you never know. Time goes so fast. It's amazing that so many years has gone by already. Um, I'm the kind of person I love to keep my options open. If that uh, opportunity presented itself again, I would love to do that. Um, but also, uh, you know, we're, we're getting to that point where retirement also, you start thinking about that too. Yeah. So I'm not ready for that yet, but, uh, you know, you start thinking about that aspect of life as well. Uh, well, you're not as great as me, so you're, you're, <laughs> you're good, but yeah. <laughs> let's, let's shift, um, shift a little bit here and talk about maybe some advice that you'd give to, I guess, first of all, to future educators, those people entering the world of education, you probably get this quite a bit, and you're, maybe it changes your answer, I'm not sure, but you know, what, what advice would you give them, or what would the lesson learned yeah. be um, mm -hmm. that you would you know, yeah. communicate to them? Uh, first and foremost, don't listen to the noise. You know, people out there are saying it's a terrible profession. Um, we, we had, personally in our district, we had an opportunity to work with a whole group, about 30 intro to education students, freshmen at Akron U. Uh, and to work with them about the career they were entering. Uh, and sadly, unfortunately, in a previous uh, experience, they had been told, get out now. It's a terrible career. It's only going to get worse. I mean, I feel exactly the opposite. I think it's only going to get better. It's an amazing career. You have such an opportunity to influence kids in a positive way and build relationships with kids that you'll have forever and ever and ever. So um, that would be my first advice to people. Stay the course. We need great people in education. Uh, and you will absolutely love it if you go into it with the right attitude and know, yeah, there are going to be hard days. Um, but vast majority of the days are wonderful. Uh, if you look at it as that opportunity to help shape kids, um, help build a community, um, those, those are what keep you going every single day. So just, just know that it's the greatest opportunity that you have and do it with everything you have. So that, that would definitely be my number one advice to those entering this field now is embrace it for what it is. Well, I mean, you, you were, I think we're, we've both been fortunate to have some you know, amazing role models in our own family and, and surrounding us. Um, uh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. You know, where, do, you, do you think you know, what you just shared is, first of all, I think it's inspirational, quite yeah. frankly, but um, who helped you to develop that kind of, I guess, perspective on, because yeah. I'm guessing it's not just about education, yeah. how you feel. You know, yeah. You could talk about another, you're going to be more positive than, than most because that's just your nature. Yeah. Um, how do you think you got here? Well, like you, uh, family, yeah. parents, both my parents were educators. Uh, as you know, my dad was superintendent uh, in Akron Public Schools for 
for several years. My mom was a teacher for 30 years. Um, you know, that, that certainly helps to develop a love for this career. Um, I, I, I'll tell you a very quick story. And again, when you talk about mo uh, emotional, uh, I remember, and I, I still want to find this gentleman and thank him, but uh, I was principal at Wadsworth Middle School, and I had a teacher. He and his wife, both were teachers at the school, had been teaching there 30 years together, met like on their first day of teaching, got married, had kids, worked there for 30 years. He was retiring. On the day he retired, he came into the office, sat down, and said, Brian, he goes, I got to thank you. I'm like, why, why are you thanking me? And he said, I was really thanking this school district. And what this district has allowed me to do, and my wife and my family, you know, we both worked here 30 years. We're going to retire. Our kids have gone to college. We have a home in Florida that we've recently purchased. He said, you know, when you look at what, what this career has allowed my, me, my wife, and my family to do, I can't think of anything better. So um, it's those kind of, you know, inspirational stories where you just look back and say, you know, thank you for what I've been able to to accomplish and what I'm going to do in my future because of this career. Um, at least for me, it just made me feel like, wow, that's kind of what it's all about. Yeah, I would agree. Um, we don't hear it, you know, as much as we'd like, yeah. but um, when you hear those stories, it's, it, it, it motivates me. I mean, I'm motivated oftentimes yeah. by the kids that I see. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't call them kids, young adults yeah. that I see. Yeah. And, you know, I have this perspective that, you know, as a young person, pretty much all young people, they get to 18 years old and they know everything or they think they know everything. And uh -huh. you get a little bit more, more wise every year. But, um, you know, I think one of the things that I've always admired, admired about you is it's not just talking the talk. It's, you know, it's walking the walk. And a good example is of, of late, you had uh, two young men who, you know, were student teachers, I believe. Oh, yeah. Former uh, students. Yeah, yeah. Former st students as yeah. well, right? F yeah, yeah. Former students, yeah. former student teachers yep. um, at Copley Fairlawn. And, and, and Brian uh, calls me and, and says, hey, listen, I don't know if you're hiring or not, but um, I think he, he always has the, the, the best interest of, of the, the people who've kind of crossed his path. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately, he is taking at least one of those people away from us, but um, that, that, that happens, right? So uh, I guess talk to me a little bit about, let's talk about kids more specifically right now. Um, you know, I asked you what you would tell a young person. I just mentioned when you turn 18, you know everything. Yeah. What, what is a piece of advice that, that you would offer? Yeah. You've seen thousands of kids yeah. cross your path and, um, maybe it's several. I don't know. I'm not asking you to be, yeah. you know, get on your pedestal and preach. Sure, but sure, no. Now, I tell you, and that's, I think that's one of the amazing things about jog, and I know that's partly what we're here to talk about, right? So um, I think that there are people that go into this business um, that have their heart in the right place because, you know, we have kids that, despite us, are going to be hugely successful, they don't need us, you know. We're there, we help them, we, we teach them, we give them what they need. But the reality is that there are kids that without us will fail. Um, and I think that for those folks that are fortunate enough to go into this business, whether it be teaching, whether it be jog, 
whether it be you doing again, I, I certainly am, I am uh, humbled by your compliments, uh, and I certainly would say them right back at you. Somebody that's I've never seen anybody so passionate about what they do, and and passionate about helping kids. Every decision you make is about helping kids, and that's what Jog's all about. But it's really finding those kids that need us the most, and helping them, even on the days they don't want help, even on the days they might be uh, disrespectful and mean and nasty and. You know that, but you've got to look beyond that and say, you know, I know that you don't mean that. I know that this is probably other factors that are coming into play here. But finding ways to help those kids be successful that need us the most, um, and that's you know the, for for the people that can go into this business and see through, you know, some of the challenges that we experience from some kids, those kids that need us the most. I mean, to me, those are the people that walk away with the most satisfaction from what they do. It's pretty incredible to watch. It is amazing. Um, some of the stories that we've seen, and I, and I tell them all the time um, at different meetings or you know, presentations that I'm doing. Um, but let's talk a, a little bit about how people can get involved and, and help, right? So with our organization, as, as an example, so we work with young people predominantly 16 to 24 years of age. Most of our, our young people are you know, 16 to 19. Um, specific to employers, what would you tell employers that have doubts? Mm-hmm. Oh man, I don't want to. I don't want to have to work with a teenager. I, um, it's too much work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, what what would you offer to them about the value of working with young people? Yeah, well, and and obviously that young person is the future. Um, the young people that we have are the future of our employment. We have to find people willing to give them a chance, give them a shot, and then mentor them, you know, show them what it's like to, some of our kids don't know what it's like to necessarily get up early and work hard and work eight hours a day and uh, earn a paycheck. And, you know, sometimes in some instances, things have been given to them. So they need somebody that's willing to take a chance on them. And they know, just like I mentioned before, some days may not be the best, but you can't give up on people. Um, Give them a shot teach them how to work hard, and I think you'll end up with a, an amazing employee. Um, and if you have one that doesn't work out, don't judge them all based on that. Um, you know, give another one an opportunity. Um, it, it is an, it's a pretty uh, uh, unique environment out there right now where people need employers and are, need employees. Um, so lots of kids are available. Lots of kids need and want jobs, and they just need somebody willing to take a chance on them. I guess it sort of sounds like what I talked about in our business with schools, you just got to give them a chance. Believe in them, give them a chance, and they'll surprise you. And young people need to be willing to ask, mm-hmm. and um, you know, we help with that, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, we help to build the bridge, and the young people hopefully cross that bridge to talk to the employers, you know, gain employment. employment. Um, and we've been doing it for, what, over 35 years now. You've been a large yeah. part of that for yeah. uh, a you know, at least yeah. in some way, shape, or form, 25 of it. Mm-hmm. So um, thanks to you for, for, for all those efforts. Um, any parting words that you have to share relative to JOG or, of course, all the great work that we do, Brian? <laughs> of course. And, um, and I'm not sure I mentioned this. I should have mentioned it. Uh, Brian alluded to it, but um, he is you know currently on the board of directors and provides a lot of advice, guidance, um, perspective, because, you know, we have a, a kind of a pretty varied board from business individuals to government entities to other nonprofits <clears throat> and excuse, uh, and uh, of course, uh, educators. So, 
Um, any words of yeah. of advice for me? I guess. Well, you've done an amazing job building the board. I mean, obviously, we've been we've been lean in our board <laughs> at times in the yeah. past, and it it is an amazing group of individuals right now. I think that uh, are extremely interested in our mission and helping the people that we serve and the community we serve. I think that's that's what's uh, really kind of amazing about really the people on the board right now is obviously they want to help the young people that we work with, but I think they want to see the best for our community. Uh, and I think that's one thing I've seen evolve over the years is the fact that um, w at a time, at, there was a time when it was very difficult maybe to sell jog or to get people involved or, I mean, everybody's coming to us now because right. you <laughs> and the, your amazing team have created a situation where you're the best at what you do. We are the best at what we do, and people are recognizing that, as you mentioned before. I didn't even know that we were bringing on Ashland County because Ashland recognizes that JOG is the organization that can help young people and will make it happen and has positive outcomes, and they want to be a part of that. So um, kudos to you and what you've built and uh, what I hope you'll continue to build for a long, long time. Once I'm long retired, I, I want you to still continue to do this for our community and the kids. <laughs> well, thanks, Brian. <laughs> well, that's, those are very kind words, and, and I would agree with you. I mean, we, our staff, our team is really amazing, and, you know, we're, we're accountable, and, and um, we drive towards, you know, the outcomes that all kids should experience. It doesn't matter where you go to school. I'm not going to name the school or that school, yeah. but, I mean – um, I don't care if you go to the, you know, the, the perceived schools that everybody goes to college or you go to the schools that maybe not very many kids go to college. Yeah. Same expectation, expectation for all of our young people, and I think that matters. Um, you know, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you because Ramnitz told me oh. to, 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 to <laughs> tell you that he booked for two hours. Oh. He wants two hours to talk on a podcast. His, that doesn't shock me. No, no. And um, oh. I'm only doing that because he's adding a, a another program. And uh. we really haven't you know, talked too much about it. But um, our traditional programs, high school and, and just after high school. But, you know, we're really venturing into the middle school arena, mm -hmm. which is not going to lie, yeah. kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh -huh. Totally different animal um, from, I guess, needs and, you know, from yeah. our ability to, to deliver services to a different age group. So mm -hmm. um, any advice for well, our middle school teachers? <laughs> well, after having been a middle school principal, uh, probably, honestly, was my favorite job ever. But those young people are extremely unique at that age. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. If I could give any advice to the kids, stop touching each other, stop jumping <laughs> on each other, stop tackling each other, stop yelling, stop screaming. But <laughs> in all seriousness, wonderful age kids. And again, I, you know, so much of what we're talking about is about building relationships. Mm -hmm. And if we can start building relationships with kids in middle school and maintain those relationships through their high school years, which goes so fast, um, it's only going to help to increase our outcomes uh, positively for those kids as they get into the high school. And, and even, even though traditionally we're serving kids in, in their senior year, um, you know, having the opportunity to help them 9th, 10th, and 11th grade, and, and even if it's only by building a relationship in middle school, helping them academically, and, and showing them a path mm -hmm. towards their senior year, I mean, that's going to be incredible for those kids. So I'm very excited to see uh, how that pans out. Really exciting times here at, at Jog, and, and we have a great board, great team, and, you know, 
we're serving, I think, up to 1,500 kids uh, with this program um, on an annual basis now. So a lot of work to do um, and really, you know, aspiring to, you know, grow to those other schools that, you know, maybe want JOG, but, you know, they can't or they don't have the capacity for it at the, at the moment. So we're excited about that. So, Brian, thanks again for joining us today. Thank you for your service to, to JOG and to the communities that you worked within. Uh, you're, you're certainly a role model, and I know that, uh, that um, you know, following your, your father's footsteps inten intentionally or not um, uh, has benefited um, so many young people and communities. Um, so thanks for, for coming that. in today. I really appreciate it. We're still a novice, or I'm still a novice. Quentin's not a novice uh, to podcast, but we'll get better over time. And um, Quentin, thanks for all your patience with, with, with me and, and uh, in this process as well. So Yeah, thank Quentin. Did an amazing job. Chris, can I just say, sure. too, I mean, sure. as we sign off, yeah. I mean, uh, and again, I think you, you kind of alluded to this, but I guess one of the things I would just in general say to people is don't give up on us. You know, don't give up on your local schools. Don't give up on um, kids that uh, a lot of people have given up on. Don't give up on them. Give them a chance. Give them an opportunity. Support them. Continue to support your public schools. I mean, that is the uh, number one path to success. And, um, you know, I think sometimes we're losing that. So keep supporting those public schools, and they're doing amazing things. So, it, you know, even simple things like podcasts play an important role in, I don't know, um, Reconnecting people, mm -hmm. uh, social media is is a monster, and it can be great, and uh, at the same time, it can just you know it just flames fires that maybe aren't even fires, or if they are, they they become yeah. you know yeah, yeah. huge issues. Um, I agree with you. I I would say talk to people face to face. Call your school. Exactly. Call the principal, you know, getting on social media and airing your dirty laundry. I tell you, I mean, obviously we are, we have to deal with that a lot, unfortunately. And 90% of the time when we see something or somebody brings us something, we don't monitor social media for that kind of thing, but somehow it finds its way to us sometimes. And we're like, well, that's not true. That's not how it happened. That's not accurate. Just call and get the real story. And then oftentimes, unfortunately, and again, I will put this out there publicly, so often we call the person, because we do. If we see somebody that's upset about something, we'll just call them directly and say, hey, how can we help you? What, you know, here's the real story. And they're like, oh, I didn't know that. But nobody ever gets back on social media and says, oh, by the way, this dirty laundry I was airing wasn't true, and here's the real story. You know, they just leave it out there, and, and then they let it go. So, yeah. You know, there was a day and age, and I think it's still, for the most part, this way in the business world. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, if a business would get an anonymous letter saying that Susie Snowflake did this, that, or the other, or or um, was acting inappropriately, um, would they would they research it, make sure, evaluate the mm -hmm. absolutely? Mm -hmm. But how much weight can an anonymous? Yeah comment yeah. you have yeah if you're not willing to put your name to it yeah it's very difficult to to give things credence yeah of course as academic or educators and and, and business people of yeah. course we're going to because yeah. you know we we are i don't know um yeah we always strive to to make sure what we're doing is the best yeah 
And, and when it's anonymous, you, obviously, you have nobody to follow up with. You know, uh, you want to do the best you can. You try to figure it out. Uh, but I guess I would also say on the other side, I mean, nobody's perfect. You know, right. there's, no, there's not a, there's not an, an entity or an institution out there that's perfect. So, or a person, yeah, for sure. Or a person. I mean, yeah. so, you know, hey, if something doesn't go the way we want it or somebody wants it, we definitely will do everything we can to fix it. And I think everybody, every entity is like that, whether you're running a business or in a school or a jog or whatever the case is. I mean, it's about communication. Talk about it. If you have an issue, talk about it. Let's get it worked out. You know, it's one of the things that, that if anything keeps me up at night, it's what you just yeah. just brought brought up, right? Um, we can do, be doing all of the right things, and um, you know, social media or some other type of you know media um, that's unwieldy, it's uncontrollable, and and uh, so you know we we do a good job. It's part of why Quentin and, and Joe we've just added a, a, a internal and mar- external marketing. Um, team here at jog so that we can not only monitor those things but mm-hmm. you know we can be the voice as opposed to being the mm-hmm. kind of react reactionary mm-hmm. like organization so um they've done a great job yep. um i think our following has been i don't know quinn probably what three or fourfold what it was when you guys first started so um thanks for that too well thanks again for Joining Jogcast Journeys to Success with Jobs for Ohio graduates. And thank you, uh, Mr. Williams, for joining us today.